You are listening to The LizCast, and I'm Liz Norell. This is a podcast where I talk about lots of different stuff with lots of really cool people. On this podcast, we think about the things that really matter in this world, be that relationships, sometimes politics, sometimes teaching, sometimes books, sometimes just things that are happening in the world. I'm super glad to have you with us. And if you find that this podcast really resonates with you, I hope you'll consider sharing it with a friend. As the end of the spring semester approached, I knew that my inability to spend May traveling was going to be sad. So I reached out to a few friends and asked if they would be willing to get some COVID-19 tests and then escape for a few days to an Airbnb a few hours away. In the end, three of us, myself, Julie, and Katie, went to Savannah and stayed at a lovely Airbnb. Katie cooked for us. We all sat around in red. And one night, we turned on the microphone to talk about how our COVID-19 experiences had gone. This is that conversation. I'm really glad that we're here and not stuck in our homes anymore. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how you have kept your sanity during COVID-19. It's debatable, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a relative sanity, just to be clear. So for me, I already work from home, um, and I'm there some portion of every day. But on desk days, I may not leave the house at all. So the biggest change has been that my family is also there. <laughs> um, you have company. I do. We have different ideas about personal space in the office. So my dear husband, who's the loudest person in the history of people, mm-hmm. was um, dismissed to another room <laughs> <laughs> to set up his space. But yeah, I think overall, even though we can all get on each other's nerves every once in a while, it's been really sweet family time, mm-hmm. both for us and our marriage, but also with our 16-year-old, who we normally would not see nearly this much. She's a newly minted driver and wanted nothing more than to be anywhere, but with her dear parents but here we are here we are yes <laughs> yeah yeah so it's been it's been precious I think it's been a balance of you know caring deeply for our community and for the people we serve Wes and I are both in customer service of sorts um, he works with roof clients and I'm working in the ministry there are a lot of people who are hurting a lot but it's been really precious time too that I slow down um, there's a there's an intentionality to every day that we didn't have prior to this. Mm-hmm. How has your life changed besides having a coworker now? So my biggest outlet for for interaction outside the home was with the Chamber of Commerce, um, helping out as a as a volunteer, doing ribbon cuttings and other sorts of diplomat work, welcoming new businesses to the community, and that's been that's been a hard loss. That was my that was my source of leads for new connections to draw interest to the ministry. It was also my way of, of just getting to know, building a social network um, in the community um, as someone who's newer to our town. But as an introvert, I think I've appreciated it much more so than some of my other friends in the program <laughs> who were <laughs> just itching to get out and be be social again. So overall, I feel feel more grounded than I have in a long time. The work of connecting with people on video is real. Yes. 
So I think that that's a, that's a bigger challenge than I anticipated. Because I already do a good portion of that, that kind of work of connecting with people in that way. But when everything moved to that platform from social to business to church, everything. Mm-hmm. I've read some things about the, the work that it takes to overcome the lack of nonverbal cues that we're now missing. And just the, the presence of other people in the room missing that. Mm-hmm. But you it's changed the most. I'm not driving two hours a day. <laughs> yes. And I know most people would think that that's a big plus, but that's a big minus for me because the drive is where I have completely alone time to just not have to worry about anybody else. Mm-hmm. Because we're both twos, you know that when someone else is in your orbit, you're worried about them. You're thinking about them. And the car is really the only place where I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. that. So I'm missing out on that. And I'm way behind on my podcasts. Same. So like my my podcast queue usually has like four or five hours queued up. And it's like not below 15 since this started. And I'm just not listening to some stuff because mm-hmm. I have to clear it out. I don't have to set an alarm, which is nice. I have proven to myself that I cannot leave my mountain every day and not lose my sanity, which is good. But I just, I miss, I miss my students. Mm -hmm. I miss getting to be around people. I miss hugs. I miss that sense of energy that you get when you're walking around and accomplishing things. It's not the same when you're sitting in the same chair all day, Mm -hmm. staring at two screens. It's just not the same. What are you not eager to go back to? setting an alarm <laughs> yes <laughs> but other than that not much yeah julie you're gonna have to come over here and talk just do it i'll make you sound brilliant so tell us how your life has changed <laughs> i think what you said about the sort of digital connection exhaustion is real it's been hard because it's some of the more stressful elements of socializing all the time but not with that in-person communication like you said very much miss my students i missed them the second part of the semester and it's looking like we won't have that same return to new students in August in the same way. So it won't be the same if we're all in masks or you know having to do these really precautionary things. And what I have found helpful and useful is very healing is just being outside more. I'm not a sun person. I don't like being out in the sun, but I will go on morning walks by the river walk now that it's reopened and just being sort of around people but very spaced out and feeling like I'm part of something without having to socialize is kind of my favorite thing. And since I can't do that in coffee shops and restaurants and places like that right now mm-hmm. just doing it kind of out in parks and outdoors is a really good way for me to get some perspective and a little bit of peace mm-hmm. is there anything that you will miss when all of this is over i think some things about the pace now there's no expectation to fill the day in ways that there is when life is mm-hmm. quote normal and then being more productive and going to these meetings and it seems like things have been sort of stripped down to the essentials in some ways, and I do appreciate that. I think, I think that's my favorite thing mm-hmm. about this, is that all of the unnecessary crap that we filled our days with, we don't feel like we have to do that. It's not even really an option. This has really shined, shown a light mm-hmm. on what's really important. Mm-hmm. I am grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And there is, I've seen a lot of memes and things online saying, we're all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same kind of boat. You know, some people really are having a much harder time. This is not a time of renewal. It's just a time of barely surviving or not surviving. And, you know, that's really, I think that's important to think about. But there is still a sense of that it is the same storm, that 
we are all dealing with this unprecedented thing um, <laughs> that we don't really know what to do with and we're all just kind of doing the best we can and I do appreciate that sense of weird community that comes from something like a crisis. I think it's teaching everyone to be more forgiving of each other and of ourselves that we're not all getting it perfect because this sucks so like there's a kind of grace that we're got used a lot by our campus leadership but there's a lot of grace that we're seeing that I hope we can hold on to yes Mm -hmm. who are the heroes that aren't being mentioned so beyond frontline workers and people who are who are truly helping save lives right now I don't have an answer for this I just I've heard another podcaster talking about naming a hero every day and calling somebody out for their their good deeds who are the heroes in my building my condo building there are residents who will go through floor by floor and disinfect everything kind of in between cleaning staff have taken it on themselves to make the community feel safer and wiping elevator buttons down and just taking care of their neighbors in a really tangible way i love that i'm very grateful for the postal service yeah Um, I know that they do get mentioned from time to time, but yeah. I've always loved them, but they're doing heroic work right now, yeah. I think. And I also think about the small business owners who are trying to be flexible to meet the needs of their community yes. in a time of great uncertainty. So I'm thinking particularly about the couple that owns the Mountain Goat Market, and they have adapted so well, mm-hmm. and I'm just so glad that they're there. I think it's it's shown a light too on on the small business owners who are truly grateful to be part of the community mm-hmm. in the ways that they they continue to find ways to help to do business in a different way to shift their to shift their focus. I'm thinking of a a florist in town who sent out messages to local assisted living communities and others and said if you need help picking up dry cleaning or you know groceries or medications or whatever it might be you know we have delivery trucks we're still able to help out with those sorts of things if you're not able to get out I know yeah yeah I've loved watching and I think it's probably happening less now because the supplies are coming online but the people like we have a a friend who has a 3d printer so he was making Mm -hmm. those like strips for the face masks people making masks for their friends like Katie and my grandma you know I, I love that and I've really tried to be much more intentional about when I want to buy something I try to go to a small business yeah. before I go to Amazon so if there's a book I want I'll go to Starline Books which I had literally never shopped at before or Parnassus mm-hmm. and order it from them and when I wanted to get face masks instead of taking them from my grandma, I ordered them from Etsy yeah. because Etsy makers, you know, this may be their only source of income right now. Sure. And so, you know, those sorts of things. I'm trying to be very intentional about where I spend the money mm-hmm. that I'm spending to try to help people. In the development circles that I run in, we're being encouraged as fundraisers to, one, to to not uh, stop asking that that there are still certainly people who are who are in a position to give and who, you know, who are connected to the missions that we that we support. But also just to take the time to reach out and say, "How are you doing? <laughs> you know, how can I pray for you? How can I help?" Our clients have been a source of volunteer, just manpower for for some single moms who've you know lost the ability to to provide in the ways that they had to just be to be hands and feet, you know, in ways that we haven't seen before. But just in a really genuine sense saying, you know, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. 
I think that that's the, I hope that, that we don't lose that. And I, I worry that that's, that's only a side effect of a time when we're all faced with struggle. Mm -hmm. But to slow down and thank store clerks and delivery drivers and anybody else who's just going about their day and fighting a battle behind the scenes that we don't know anything Mm -hmm. about. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned walks along the river. What other sorts of things are feeling nourishing right now? Books. Yeah. Always. All the books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What have you read that's been particularly notable? The one I'm reading right now that was pushed into my hands. Yes. That's really cute. It's love lettering. And then I read one recently, Dear Edward. It's a novel that I read. And I had, when all of this started, had a really hard time getting into novels. So I read a lot of poetry or short essays. I love Leslie Jameson's um, Make It Scream, Make It Burn, which sounds much more violent than the actual (laughs) essays inside. But it's really good nonfiction. But now it's been nice to dip into story and really get into beautiful language and storytelling. Hmm. So good. Have you been reading? I have. I have a friend who is a spoken word artist and just sent me her first draft for her book. I think it's called Seasons Change. It's a book of, of poems that she's written. And I've been reading Jenny Allen. She's a pastor and kind of discipleship leader out of Texas. And she wrote a book called Get Out of Your Head. Um, it's about the just the battles that happen mentally and how how addressing those head on and recognizing the thought patterns that we that that happen without us even knowing control so much more about the way we live our lives. What else am I reading? Oh, it's May, so Mary Kay Andrews' new novel came out, so I just downloaded that one. Mm-hmm. She's my my happy, fluffy summer reading. I have been reading so much fluffy fiction and watching so many Hallmark movies and Hallmark-adjacent movies, and I don't even care. Like, I think I've watched one every single day with maybe three or four exceptions since COVID started because they're easy and happy and uncomplicated and everything is resolved in two hours, and (laughs) I just really have found that that has been soothing. That should be a Netflix channel option. Hallmark adjacent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is the genre. Yep. Predictable, formulaic romance. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've watched three upstairs since we escaped together. <laughs> How have your relationships changed since this started? You don't have to go into super detail. You can remain as... Um, I think just having to remind myself it's just a weird time no matter what like you have control over a certain amount of things with friendships or romantic or family relationships but I guess like you were saying earlier a little more grace because it's mm-hmm. just going to be a little weird no matter what trying mm-hmm. to navigate this time I think it's pretty clear that everybody is dealing with the stress and anxiety differently and so I think it's a really good opportunity to learn about how the people in your life handle those emotions and how to recalibrate around them. I know for me, it has required, because I don't have any alone time anymore, ever. It has really required me to step up my boundary setting, because otherwise, it would be bad. (laughs) (laughs) But it is also, I mean, it has introduced a lot of new layers to my primary relationship of just trying to, like, check in with each other and figure out what kind of day are we having today, and... What do I need to do to make that as less awful as it can be? We've been really fortunate that my husband and I both have been able to continue to work. 
so very little has changed in terms of our, our income, our day-to-day, except that it, we're spending the margins of our days together instead of with his commute, with me being out at community meetings and running back and forth around town for events. I think I'm, I'm trying to look back over these last few months. I think we've had, we've had much less conflict mm-hmm. than when, when our days are more packed. And I think that that's, I mean, the only factor is really that we're spending more time together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we went, I want to say about four weeks. We were, we were able to travel out of the country right before everything kind of went on lockdown. And so we, we self-quarantined voluntarily when we got back just to, just to be responsible. So I think we went a full month before we really left the house. We had everything delivered or you know, made a couple of trips just to, to pick up our daughter. But we were going to get mulch and we planned it for like two days. It was this big to-do, we were gonna get a Lowe's. And we went outside and his truck wouldn't start and I bawled. <laughs> I was so upset. It was oh gonna gosh. be our big, yeah. our big date night, our big outing to go pick Going up mulch. to get mulch. And some Mexican food, yeah. I was so upset. We, we jumped his car, but, but it just, it yeah. reminded me of how much, how much those little things can mean, you know? sounds so cheesy but we just we appreciate doing life together Mm -hmm. um, and we've had a lot more opportunity for that I escape to the bathtub that's usually my zone where everybody knows not to bother me I don't think there's a place in my house where people know not to bother me (laughs) but I'm working on it I'm working on it yeah Doug has noticed that we have this very interesting pattern that has evolved which is that we alternate days of productivity so like he'll get really on the ball and do a bunch of you know programming for his football guy's side or whatever and I'll just be like watching movies all day and then the next day he'll be sitting on the couch looking up the results of Romanian soccer and <laughs> watching old baseball games because that sounds <laughs> great else to do. <laughs> and, and I'll be in there just fast and furious working yeah. and so we just kind of and we never made it explicit but he was like we're just alternating yeah <laughs> it might just be that when I get really productive I ignore him and so he he just finds something to do and when he gets really productive I take advantage of the quiet too <laughs> like watch tv uninterruptedly but not that he's noisy he's just doesn't require as much alone time and having a 20 year old college student in the house again has been challenging for everyone mostly him yeah just kind of the crushing emotional devastation that came with having to leave college abruptly without knowing when he would be back and that's really hard Mm -hmm. that's really hard and i don't think any of us knows how to help him or make it less awful because we can't what do you think has changed forever that we won't go back to i mean my instinct is to say i hope nothing but i don't know maybe fewer meetings in person yeah now that everyone sees it can be just an email (laughs) i do hope that virtual work becomes more accepted throughout the different sectors of society and honestly some of the flexibility and I'm going to use the word grace again, that we've extended to students. I hope that's something that we hold on to. I hope that it doesn't go back to, like, you have to be in class on time with no more than three absences or your grade goes down a letter. Like, I hope we can incorporate some of what we've learned here into better policies for students moving forward. I don't know that anybody who's lived through this as an adult will ever 
fully recover from the loss of just taking things for granted. Like, I, you know, we'll move on and we won't be as intentional or as aware, but we're never going to fully recover back to normal on like someday we might not be able to go out for Mexican food for six months, you know? I think that's probably a good thing, but I think it's also, there's a kind of trauma here that is going to last for a long time, I think. Our our naivete, that's what's changed forever. Yeah. I think. Is there anything that you've learned or done for the first time since COVID-19 started? Ukulele. Yes. I learned ukulele. Um, not a musical person, so but it's easy and small, and my neighbors don't have to hear me plucking away. So mm-hmm. I get better at that. I love that. <laughs> it's a very cheerful instrument. Yes. You just have in your hands. Mm-hmm. I tried to make sourdough, like make my own starter, feed it daily, all the things. It's such um, a weird thing. It is. It is. It's bad luck not to name it. Oh. Really? Your starter. Mm-hmm. What did you name yours? Her name was Elvira. Yeah. Naturally. She Naturally. just sounds like she was going to be troubled. I, 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 know. I know. Maybe that was the issue. But I, I kept her in the in the oven with just the light on to keep a little bit of heat in there. And it just never, just never took. Um, but it started out of necessity that I had a hard time finding. When we left the country, we were a couple of weeks behind everybody on getting our, our stockpiles set, including things like bread. And I thought, I'll give it a shot. Um, and I couldn't find yeast in any store, which is what I usually, I usually use the quick stuff and go for it. I've made plenty of bread, but nothing that didn't require yeast, but it was a disaster. <laughs> it never did work. We just went low carb for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Not by choice. No. Just by no. necessity. That's right. Yeah. But you. I've made a much more regular habit of sending people mail. Mm-hmm kind of go it ebbs and flows but I have probably sent 40 or 45 cards in the last three months nice. two months that's terrific that's a great habit mm-hmm. it's really fun mm-hmm. and as I've mentioned I, I don't really know what to say to these people you know like besides I miss you how are you doing I don't expect them to write me back so it's not really a time to ask a lot of questions so I've just been finding fun random facts on the internet and it's so much fun and then I put stickers on them to try to like match the personality of the person I'm sending them to and try to get a stamp that I think they will like so I sent Molly one with Snuffleupagus on it because she's such a snuffy and then when I sent one to Andy Fosky I also put snuffy on that one and those are my two snuffy stickers or stamps they're all gone but it just made me happy so that's been that's been fun. Feels like a very nourishing activity. And I, I just sort of like say, who wants mail? And so some people that I don't know that well asked for mail, including a couple of students. And I was like, sure. <laughs> and then one of them, do you know Destiny Warner? Yeah. She's an honor student. She was like, thanks for the card, but can I ask for another one? And also, will you send one to my roommate? <laughs> His name is Titus. I'm like, sure. What do I need to know about Titus? He likes ravens. I can work with that. So I found raven facts for Titus. I love that. I hope that, I think that that is something that we've tried to foster in our home, asking for help, 
I hope that that's something that will become more prevalent. Me too. The vulnerability to, we say often that we don't, we don't apologize for feelings in our house, but they're, they're terrific indicators and sometimes terrible dictators. Mm. Yeah. To have the vulnerability to ask, ask what you need and then ask for the help to get it. Mm -hmm. I do worry that some of the, some of the relationships that we've built that are not like the most important ones are suffering so much right now. Yeah. Like the people that I pass in the hallway, but are not like super close friends with. I worry about those relationships. And that's a loss. Some of the goodwill that we build up with people and the sort of inherent trust just that you have by being present around them, that we'll lose that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they'll be so excited to see you again. When we can all be in person again. <laughs> I hope so. Excitement to be... Because I, I think about certain aspects of work that I'm excited to get to that I maybe didn't appreciate as much before, mm-hmm. or even just like being able to get to my office, which is not a, t- a place I would have said I wanted to spend a ton of time, but now I'm looking forward to getting back to it has sort of shifted my perspective. So same thing with colleagues and things you don't think you'll do without, so you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. It is a great big pause and an invitation to notice what feels absent. So I um, was at a yoga workshop a month or so ago. And we got split up into these Zoom breakout rooms, which I had never used before. I've only done it once. But I got paired with this, completely just like randomly paired with this woman. And we had like seven minutes to talk about something, which is clearly not enough to talk about anything. But we were talking about this moment and kind of what's, what's feeling really present for each of us. And I told her about this thing that I just keep thinking about ever since this started. And that I think about a lot. Um, When I was very young, my favorite uncle married a woman in California, my aunt. And they came to Arkansas for Christmas that first year. And I was just prepared to hate this woman because she stole my uncle. He was supposed to come back after six years because he joined the Navy and then he was going to come back. He promised. But then he got married and then he was not coming back. But I loved her dearly from the moment that I met her. I just adore her. And I remember on that trip, she said to me, I said something like, I just can't wait to be older. I can't wait to be older. And she said, don't wish your life away. When you get older, you're going to regret if you've just spent your whole life trying to get somewhere. And I think about that a lot because I think about this time, it feels like this pause where we're all just trying to like survive until things can go back to normal. And I don't want it to be that. I want it to be a time where we're not getting to do what we want, but a time that didn't feel like we were just sitting around twiddling our thumbs waiting for it to end. And so I try to think about like, what can I do today that will feel like... I'm taking advantage and not just biding my time. So I think that's hard. (laughs) But I think it's important that we not all spend three or six or nine or 12 months of our lives just saying, well, when things go back to normal, then I can. It has to be like, this is a different time. This isn't what we expected, but what can we do so it doesn't feel like we're just waiting? That's what I have to share. Anything else you want to say? Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for asking some important questions. These are the good conversations.